What up, Rashid? Hey, oh, finally. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, I thought it was my computer, so I was checking, checking. I was in the space, but then uh, you tell me, like, I need to join by, uh, by, by my by phone, so it's perfect. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, you're nah, good. No, no worries. worries. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the base space. Thank you very, very much for having me. Thank you. Absolutely, man. What time is it where you're based? So now I'm in Zug. It's 4 uh, p.m. Uh, so it's 4 p.m. Yeah, we are a CET, Central European time. That's awesome, man. Have you had a really mm -hmm. busy day? What have you been up to? Yeah, so I just come back actually yesterday from France. And today just like basically putting everything together. So we start like the week. We have also like our corporate event on Friday. So there will be lots of things to do. So yeah, trying to wrap up everything and yeah. Going no mercy as usual. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, well, I'm, my name is Mewtwo, and I'm the founder of the Base Space, mm -hmm. and I'm joined mm -hmm. by my co-host, Super High and Chase. What up, Rashid? Uh, yeah, you please. and I have been talking on uh, Telegram. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, thank you very much for all the help. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much, and many thanks for having me. To be honest, it's really great to be with you guys. Let's go. Uh, so, Rashid, whenever we bring on someone new into the space, you always like to ask them, like, how'd you, how'd you get started in crypto? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, I, think, I don't think it's something, like, um, completely different from most of people. So, it was, like, actually the first time, it was back in 2014. So, it was prior Ethereum ICO. So, it was the first time I see. So, I, of course, heard about Bitcoin and everything uh, in the wrong way, actually. And then in 2014, I saw Ethereum. So I said, maybe that could be interesting. And then I showed it to my boss at Barclays. And I respect him, PhD from Cambridge, like really good. Like he was like, was working on a really good project. And then he told me, yeah, this is, we don't, I don't believe in this. This is a scam. So I was afraid. And this is really true story. And then I, I, I was looking for things, but I didn't, I never jumped on. So back in 2016, actually, this is where I started really to check the technology. The, 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 I would say the potential of the disruption that can bring to the financial market because I've been like for more than 12 years as quantitative and worked like in the financial industry. So, and this is the first, like I would say, easy use case where you can apply blockchain as everyone know. And then this is where actually I started basically to invest into ICOs, to invest into also like the, like Bitcoin, Ethereum and all the different assets. And my first ICO, it was like back in 2017. And of course I have lost a little bit. But I didn't understand why, if you have a good idea, how come basically everything is only around speculation and why we will basically lose money. So I didn't understand back then. And then, of course, you go to the rabbit hole and you try to see like exactly how it works. And then this is from ICU to ICU, from private cell to private cell. We started basically to see all the problems that are coming within the ICU. So basically, people can raise $20 million, $30 million, $50 million, and then they go. There is no milestone-based financing. The community invests. There is a lot of hype. People follow. There is the fear of missing out. And then uh, the project disappears, or they don't know how to deal with the funds. So at the end, they don't have enough money, basically, to deliver their vision, and so on and so forth. So we saw this problem a lot in 2017. Then we have the ICO burst. And this is where I met, actually, Matthias, my co-founder and CTO, in Telegram, so we never met before, so it was in Telegram, then we met in Belgium, then we met in Amsterdam, and this is where we say, okay, we can do something actually. So why not create a decentralized investment platform with milestone-based financing, 
based on the reputation score of the project, but also on the community that want to invest. And this is really the first idea where we had Alliance Block trying to get, have an impact on something that we had like basically a pain point that we, we were investing on something and we don't know if the project will deliver. So we wanted to organize this. And then from then, yeah, so this is exactly the story. From then we have Pivot, maybe we'll discuss about this later on. But yeah, so this is the story, how I started and uh, how Alliance Block came into birth. That's awesome. And then in terms of Alliance Block itself at a very high level, like what, yeah. is, what is Alliance Block for those who are new and, and don't even know what it is? Yeah. So I would say like really to give like a high overview. So as I said, it started as a decentralized investment platform with milestone-based financing. So it was really the original idea, protect the investors. It's basically like into scam or ICO. If a project raise money, he gets only small parts of the money that he gets. And if he delivers, he gets the next, uh, the, the, the next uh, tranche. This is what we call it milestone-based financing. But then there was everything around the ICO burst, the crypto winter. And then we were lucky enough, I would say, to pivot our, I would say, uh, like uh, when we started working with Level 39 in uh, London, which incubates Revolut. She's more than 5 billion valuation now. It's one of the biggest neobank. And then we did Kickstart Innovation in Zurich. And this is where we really met financial institutions. We speak about tokenization, speak about the potential of decentralized finance before even we saw the hype of decentralized finance. And then this is where we had like really clear idea about our value proposition and how we can impact the space, both traditional finance and decentralized finance. It's basically to build compliant gateway between these two worlds. Leverage the high standard of traditional finance and the innovative technology of decentralized finance because it will be able basically to cut costs, like no middleman, increase revenue stream, create new innovative products, so on and so forth. Okay? And then we had to basically structure our vision into three pillars. So the first pillar is compliance and regulation. Okay, we could, it's important. We will discuss maybe about this later on, how we can make DeFi like a really go mainstream. We have data. Data, of course, is one of the most important things. And you are linked to Marine, so Chainlink, and you know what, what is the importance of Oracle of data in the space and easy access to this data and true data. And then the third is the, the, the applicative layer, the DeFi layer, which is the bridge, the DEX, and other products that we have speaking. So in a nutshell, what we want to do is to build the next generation of financial infrastructure that leverage the high standard of traditional finance and the innovative technology uh, and the stressless way of doing things with decentralized finance. So this is really in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're all really, really hyped about DeFi and, and where the space is going. Uh, <laughs> in terms of um, the ALBT token, could you touch on like, how that fits into <laughs> the ecosystem? Yeah. So ILBT, as we discussed in many, many like uh, the different articles and everything, so it has really super important role it's the fuel basically of what we are doing. So so let me take like a step back basically. So and please don't hesitate to stop me if something is not clear or like any questions on the flight, please don't hesitate. And um, so as I said, we have three pillars, okay? So we are building these eight different products from decentralized exchange with the complete new automatic market making that can optimize impermanent loss over more than 50% without even taking into account the trading fees. So we call it Alliance Dex. And this is something that is in the final state of the audit and we will release soon, hopefully in Q4, because we need to be sure of the security. Then we have the peer-to-peer -peer funding, which is lending and borrowing. And we speak about funders, 
Okay, so funders for funding. So we, we, we take the idea from seeders, but we wanted to have something between Ave, seeders for the tra traditional wear, the peer-to-peer -peer lending, and also the launchpad. So it's really global global peer-to-peer -peer funding. And then we have the bridge, Alliance Bridge, which is meant to be decentralized, more secure, faster. That's bridge EVM, uh, Ethereum Virtual Machine Compatible Chain, and non-EVM, non okay? And then uh, the difference and the trustless KYC, of course. And then the cross-border rule, okay? So now if you take, like, I will come back to the tokens that I'm trying to show you, like, really these pieces of the puzzle, okay? So when you take these different products, basically, it has its users. For example, to use the bridge, you have to pay with Alliance Block Tokens to fees. So it's really, it works with Alliance Block Tokens, okay? When we will have, basically, the funders, there will be transaction fees that are paid, like, with Alliance Block Tokens. So basically, every single thing that will be done on the network, it has to be done with Alliance Block. The same thing with the decentralized exchange, the same thing with the trustless KYC, the, the, the way it's built, actually, you have to pay like uh, to do KYC and you will go get monetized when you give access or you revoke, when you give access to, to your data, if you want to invest into a project or like with a bank or financial institution or whatever. Okay, so these are the different products. Each one it has users. It could be plugged in other uh, architectures. It can be plugged in other products. It can be in other decentralized application. But then, so when you go step back and you saw all these different products, what will be able to make the, 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 the foundation of the, the, the decentralized investment bank or the, really the new generation of financial infrastructure or capital markets and money markets? What is the really the basic of the basic? Well, you need to have you need to have one decentralized exchange, of course, that need to be scalable, of course, that need to be quick, and uh, and Uniswap answer to this. But we have the problem with impermanent loss, so this is something that we have uh, answer to it, and this is the first block. The second block, if you want to attract traditional finance, you need to have basically uh, KYC AML. You need to have cross-border rule. Can you do something or transaction or invest or trade into jurisdiction if you are in another jurisdiction? Okay? And then you have everything around lending and borrowing. So if you take these four products, DEX, KYC, cross-border, bridge, of course, because you need to have interoperability, and the peer-to-peer -peer lending and investment and borrowing. So this is exactly connect them, and you will have this new generation of financial infrastructure that can be basically either deployable into legacy system of banks, investment bank, hedge fund, because they don't want to change completely all the legacy system, because it costs billions and billions, or for new financial um, institutions, they can basically deploy this new generation of, uh, of infrastructure. And then, so because the ILBC tokens has its role in each of the products, and you have this connection between these five different products that are the foundation of this infrastructure, then it's the fuel. So either you have to use it, like you know that you are using it, or if you are a financial institution, it will be used basically on behind. So they don't need to know that there is transaction fees that are done with ALBT because they will do in fiat. For example, we have fiat gateway, but everything will be done in order to work to bridge or whatever product that we have. It has to use ALBT. So here I answered to your question, but by, by giving also overview about the product and what is the vision and why we are building these different products and how they interconnect between them. But also the role of Alliance Block, which is without Alliance Block, this infrastructure that we are building, it will not work. So I hope it was clear. Lots of, lots of information. Please don't hesitate to ask any question. No, yeah. extremely helpful.
Mm-hmm. Hey, so Rashid, I actually had a question. Um, could you go over what the Prometheus protocol is and kind of just explain? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I answered to this question like just like before, but we call it Prometheus protocol. Now we are trying to call it Alliance Block protocol. And Alliance protocol is exactly so. Like if I if I took the name that we have there on the white paper, Prometheus protocol which will be like in the roadmap, if you see it's Alliance, it's Alliance Block Protocol, it's the same, okay? So Alliance Block Protocol, like Aka Prometheus Protocol, is exactly the infrastructures that I've been talking about for the new generation of this financial infrastructure. So from trading, execution, to lending, to tokenization, to bridging, to, to, like to all this, to KYC, IML, to cross-border rules. Okay, so the Prometheus protocol is basically the connection of these different uh, products that will interconnect between them and then create this first layer of the of the financial infrastructure that can be used, of course, in DeFi, but also in traditional finance. So imagine, for example, that you have, let's say, you want to have short term financing and then you have art. So you want to put it as collateral. So you will be able to use this like to promote this protocol. So in order basically to to collateralize, uh, to to tokenize your uh, your uh, your uh, your collectible arts, uh, cars, whatever, and then you will get access to investors. It it have uh, uh, to in different uh, DeFi protocols in different blockchains. So this is where you need to need uh, to to use the bridge. You can use, for example, like uh, let's say, because this, uh, this, uh, I would say, this collectible will be presented by NFTs. So you can basically stake them, earn some yield, and so on and so forth. So all these different things that you see in DeFi, it is part by construction within the Prometheus protocol, plus all the things that we see in the financial institutions from the central security depository, from the tokenization of assets, from securities, and so on and so forth. Sweet. Thank you for that. That's the excellent. Mm-hmm. Could you also mm-hmm. um, touch on the three different types of nodes that you guys provide? Mm-hmm. So, so this is something that we have discussed basically on the on the on the token economics on the token economics paper. But I think the most important things is what we will start. So we have the institutional nodes, we have the data nodes, basically, which are one of the most important. Institutional nodes are something that we want that is more on the long term, that want to act actually as proof of authority. Okay, so let me give you one example. So imagine that for you, uh, like you want to do uh, one of the most complex things, like in finance in general, is uh, uh, the cross-border rules. How can you basically deal with all the jurisdictions of all the regulations that are constantly changing, updating, and it's it's it needs a lot of lot of lot of fund. Okay, and not everyone can do this. Not everyone can update this rule, and not everyone has the knowledge to know when the rules are updated. For example. So in this case, what you need, you need to have this kind of different nodes, which are regulatory bodies, which are like basically lawyers that deal with regulations that have the authority of updating these nodes, and then they need to be validated. So you need to have this proof of authorities, and for some fields, you have to have this institutional node, of course. Okay, especially when we speak about regulation and bringing DeFi mainstream, okay? The data nodes are something that is very important because it's part of our roadmap for the trustless KYC, okay? So when you do KYC, you have to have data, okay? And this data is owned by the user. So we will start by having this data as simple as like passports and all the, all the elements that you do when you do KYC AML. But then 
it will uh, it will it will become much more bigger so this is why we call data nodes because you will have like all different kinds of data it can uh, it's related basically to the identity of the users but also we can include uh, like sensitive data from financial markets that can be basically give or revoke access from certain like uh, for for certain person or for certain entity and so on and so forth so these different type of nodes that we have that are the, the, the also one of the most important foundation of our protocol that we are building and in terms of the infrastructure. And also I want always to step back, so to give always the, this, this, I would say, this global view and global idea. So when we build our different products and then you connect them, you need to have this layer of the network and you need to have nodes. And for example, like we, when we speak about the bridge, so Alliance Bridge, we are already starting to have this validator node, okay? So this validator that validate the network so we can do the transaction between the bridge, which is quite unique because it doesn't exist in any other bridge out there, uh, at least uh, at my knowledge for now. And this is why we use the Hedera consensus services, okay? So this validation node, and then we spoke also, a lot of community members ask us about the nodes, like when we will have the node. So this is something that will be a really important part that we will do specific AMA about this. When, uh, and it will start also with the way we are building our DAO uh, on the funders platform, okay? So all these different parts, you need to have validators, you need to have data nodes, and then later on, you need to have institutional nodes. Once we have all this and we connect the different products, as I said earlier, this is exactly where you will have this Alliance pro protocol up and running, mainnet, that will constitute really this compliant gateway between the two worlds. Thank you for going in. That's, that's, that's super basic. Hey, Rashid, <laughs> I wanted to circle back on something you had mentioned earlier. Um, you had mentioned that I believe you had said banks or financial institutions can integrate Alliance block um, through the back end mm -hmm. through their legacy systems. Can you kind of expand yeah. on like what that looks like? Um, as you know, that like really changes the rate of adoption that we'll see in this industry. Um, and also, I'm just curious, mm -hmm. like, do you guys have like a business development team in which you're actively seeking out um, customers through this uh, channel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really good question. So I always like um, I always like to give to start by like a, this specific kind of question. I always think about the digital transformation of retail banking. So you know, like it started with DBS, which is in Singapore. It's about digital transformation, okay? And actually, what made retail banking change completely the way we see it now, and the rise of all the fintech uh, startups, which now there are lots of lots of unicorns. Actually, it was one idea. Instead of basically changing all the legacy system of the retail bank, what we do is we build layers on top of this legacy system so we don't need to, to, to rebuild everything from scratch. But it's flexible to, con to connect to API from other providers. It could be startups, companies, products, whatever. And this is exactly what we saw that like uh, this digital transformation started basically. And then we saw all this new generation of FinTech and the born of the Neobank. So we saw Revolut and 26 and now you can build a bank, digital bank, in less than eight months without having any knowledge on the retail banking. You can connect with five, six different fintech, with core banking system providers, with different lending, with some people that can give you piggyback to their licenses, and you have a bank. Okay? And now it's super easy, and you can, everyone can do it, of course. 
of course, uh, like not as easy as it seems, but you see the points of wh- where I'm trying to go. It's not like 10 or 20 years ago, if you want to start a bank, you need to have shit ton of money, you need to have a shit ton of licenses, and you need to build everything from scratch, which absolutely no, no, not the same way now. So the way I see the, the, the transformation of the investment bank and the financial institutions, this is exactly what will happen. How can you basically connect your legacy system to be able to provide let's say, short-term financing to high net worth individual, okay? To tokenize the assets or the collectible that uh, like your clients have. To be able to have, uh, to, 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 pro- uh, to provide the peer-to-peer lending or uh, like funding in general. Because the problem with the banks, they have huge number, like uh, clients that are asset-rich cash poor, and sometimes they need to have access to, 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 to liquidity as up. The problem, they don't have a lot of liquidity. So even now, the banks, they need to have access to liquidity. And who can provide this access to liquidity? It's DeFi, okay? And this is why we need this compliant bridge again, because it needs to be compliant with the different regulation in different jurisdictions, okay? So when we speak with banks, when we speak with asset managers, and we speak a lot, we have really amazing business development team. We speak a lot with different, especially we are like really, really good on, on, the, on the ecosystem in Switzerland and the UK and also like in the Netherlands. And we saw the most important things for them was it's one being able to provide like a like a new product to their clients. They don't need basically to invest a lot to have these new like systems. Then it needs to be easy to understand. And this is where we you see, for example, like our white paper, we speak about certificates. How can you provide final DeFi products, yield, uh, yield, yielding, uh, like the, the yielding protocol and all these things with the staking. Okay, in an easy way that any single traditional investor can invest in. So this is exactly the core what we what we speak when we speak about with the tra- uh, traditional financial institutions. Okay, so what the what the interest? What is the biggest interest of these guys? One is to have access to unified aggregated data, so they can build the strategies, their products from DeFi. Because now, as you know. It's really scattered. It's very hard to find like one single source of truth, basically, of all the data. But even though you have this, you have like when you have to access this, of course, there are shell links that gives like the, there is the oracles that give all the data. We have the graph like that can give for all the event that is happening in different shell. But you need to have a team on top of this technology to build up the layer that it can be accessible by financial engineers or analysts or like all the, the, the people that we know in the investment bank. So they need to have ex- easy access and aggr- to aggregated data. They need basically to provide products, investment products that, uh, that, are, uh, uh, that are known from the investor. So this is why we speak about the ISIN. When you have certificate ISIN, when you speak to ISIN to a financial institution, automatically they tell you it's music to our ears. Because this is something that they not understand, and this is something that their clients understand. So when you say, I will give you basically a certificate, okay, that you can invest with ISIN and regulated, but actually underneath you have, let's say, um, a strategy of different pool allocation that can, that can dynamically allocate your assets into different pools, and it will optimize, let's say, your yield. Okay? So it's one strategy among others. Okay? They don't need to understand liquidity mining. They don't need to understand what is private key, what is what is uh, what is public key. What they understand is there is a certificate that they can buy, and then it will do this. And this is exactly the way that you can bring adoption from traditional financial institutions and uh, institutional investor, and so on and so forth. So yes, one, it's making it's being able to provide technology that is super easy to use, the same jargon that they already use, okay, and being able to have access to all these new opportunities in a simple and easy and seamless way.
So I think this is exactly what we are seeing when we speak with the, with the different financial institutions. And this is what excited us because this is, we saw huge interests for them to access the DeFi. Many of the banks, they want to put liquid, they want to provide liquidity, but they can't on Uniswap. Why? Because they don't know if someone is providing liquidity and actually is doing money laundering. So this is where regulation here is very important if you want to have all this flow of money from traditional finance to DeFi. And this is why we speak about compliant tax. So what happened when we release our decentralized exchange? On top of it, you have the trustless KYC, and then you have the cross-border layer. So this is exactly what banks are looking for, to provide liquidity into this kind of technology by being compliant. And this is why we always speak about compliant gateway between the two worlds, because this is exactly what we are building. And this is exactly our really specific value proposition where we know that we have already lots of lots of institutions that will be interested. And we are happy and thrilled when we speak with them and we see that what we offer is something actually that they are interested in and they want to start using it. And yeah, so this is why we are always excited and no mercy. That's that's awesome. I, I love it. And I, I love the passion. I can hear the passion coming through uh, from your side. So I appreciate yeah. you walking me through that and giving me a high level view. Um, switching gears here a little bit, I do want to talk about some um, some more of the product side of things. So starting with data tunnels, um, as you know, you had already kind of called it out. A lot of us are linked Marines that are tuning in. Could you kind of like speak on the relationship with Chainlink and how um, they play a part in providing the secure data through the data channel or through yeah. data tunnel? Yeah, exactly. So basically, like, you know, like to, to simplify data tunnel is a way basically to make everyone to be able to monetize their data and to access to the data. It could be from SME to developers, to users, basically to anyone that can monetize this data. And then we will have also like a marketplace, but we can also have easy way to give and revoke access to this data. Okay. And this is kind of business model that can be used also with traditional guys. So it's very, very good in crypto space and data, how it's done and decentralized, um, uh, like I would say, way of uh, how things are done. But on the other side also that we can see that it can create new business model, new revenue stream for traditional data providers, okay? And then we have like layers of, you can do smart analytics, prediction, and everything that we know once you have that. That is the most important, okay? Now with Chainlink, we haven't started yet, but this is something on the roadmap where the objective also is to get access to the feed from, the, from Chainlink, okay? So all this data that will come basically to the data tunnel, okay, it can be enriched. So we can enrich it with more analytics, for example. We can enrich it with, uh, imagine that we take, for example, like in the near future, we have options on BTC or options on different derivatives. So I know that options and derivatives exist already, even though I don't like the way it's done because of the way that risk is done, the risk is communicated. So it's very, very like dangerous for the retail that doesn't know how derivatives work and how they are priced that they can buy options on Bitcoin and then they can lose a huge amount of money. So this is something that I believe the space is not ready, ready yet for derivatives. And it will be ready like in the next few months or few years once we have really the framework, how we can price the options, how we can all the derivatives, the risk analytics, the risk management and all this. But well, this is another story. So when we take uh, basically this data from Chainlink, we will be able to build product on top of it. So it could be derivative, it could be structured product, it could be analytics that can be even feed back to Chainlink, okay, which can create value for us and for the users that use Data Tunnel, but also for Chainlink that can have access to more feed. And also one of the most important things for Chainlink also is to get access to the data from the source. 
this is why they are doing amazing job, like uh, speaking with traditional financial institutions, like for the traditional data providers. They started with the crypto, but then the objective of Chainlink also is to be able to get access to all the data from all the financial markets and, and much more. Okay, so this is something that is important because you know that we have collaboration with the London Stock Exchange, we are speaking with other data providers, and there are other things that. We will speak about them later, so stay tuned because it's really cool things that what is happening, uh, like in the next few months. But then we can also give access to this data from the source, which basically can go to the Chainlink, and then it could be provided to all the users of Chainlink. So it's really super, super, super exciting because we need oracles 100%. Okay, and this is something that like easy access to data that is completely that we know that is tra traceable. We know from it came. We know that it's coming from the source. And the decentralized way of doing the, 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 uh, currently the oracles is one of the most important things that will play a role into merging, I would say, the decentralized uh, technology and uh, this DeFi and everything that we are speaking with, with the traditional financial markets. And we can see maybe later on, stock exchange will be able to trade some derivative based on DeFi products and so on and so forth. And this is why I think the space is really exciting. We are in the right time, the right moment. And still a lot of things, a lot of innovation will come, but we are building now the foundation and companies, what we are doing or what Chainlink are doing, what like other companies are doing are really important to set up the tone for what will happen next. And this new, I would say, era of doing finance in a new way. Yeah, I uh, I love that, and I, and you're seeing it kind of already pop up. It, it almost seems like you know, the, with the more data you have, the more derivatives you can build. Um, you know, you're seeing mm -hmm. a lot of exchanges pop up there using Chainlink to have like weather derivatives. Yeah. So I'm actually curious, like for an exchange, let's say they're they're trying to create, uh, you know, um, a weather exchange where you can kind of like mm -hmm. have derivatives around the weather. Would you guys complement mm -hmm. that solution, or is Alliance Block kind of almost um seeking out that business as well does that make sense between the exchange and yeah yeah it's, it makes sense I, I think like it's data so like I, it's data once you have like data that can be also like it could be financial or not directly financial when you speak about weather data it's a very good example because it's not financial data but you can click on top of it derivatives this is completely true and we know you have like structured products uh, like really derivative on the weather that can have and then like you can you can use this like into to price like many many different products so it's it's interesting it's not always easy to predict the weather <laughs> it's very very complex but yeah so there are a few things that exist already and so our objective of course is to start with the, like financial Okay, but like the objective, the, the, the financial space, but the objective also the way we are building the technology is we can be multi-space. But first we focus into the financial. So when you speak about this data, data tunnel is completely agnostic. Anyone can provide the data. Okay, and so of course there will be rating for the data because the trustless way, it has pros and cons. The pros basically, so anyone can provide data. The cons, of course, you can have shit data. So this is where you need to have rating of the data, you need to know from where the data comes, and then we will start having this kind of governance. Okay, So the data tunnel by, by construction is agnostic, so anyone can provide the data. So imagine that tomorrow you are access, for example, to kind of weather agency, let's say in France. Okay, This weather agency want to have new stream of revenue, so they want to provide their data through data tunnel. On one hand, basically, they will be able to monetize this data that is sitting there. They don't monetize it, or even they can create this new revenue stream. But on the other hand, there will be others that can use this data 
link it with other uh, other feed, let's say from Chainlink, and then create this new derivative product okay of course like now i am really simplifying things really because like it's not just um, easy to create derivative and then you can manage the risk and like there is a lot of lots of steps to be able to do if you want to do it correctly but well let's say simple so then you can this da this data you took also basically everything like from Chainlink or like the, the weather data and then you can you can create this new product this new derivative this new strategies and then you can feed them so they can be sold again or they can be feedback to Chainlink or like to other providers that can use them as a feed of price and then it can be connected to exchanges so this is one example so it could be done with this it could be done with renewable energies solar energies for example and many many other different type of data that can lead to some kind of financial product so this is, I think, super interesting, and it's a really good question also the way of the things will happen. That's awesome. Um, switching gears here a little bit, I know I'm kind of hopping around, but I know your time is extremely valuable, and we only have you for so long. Uh, I know another <laughs> partnership you guys have as well as with Quant. Could you kind of touch on that relationship yeah. and how um, that relationship is beneficial to both Alliance Block and Quant? Yeah. So Quant, I think it's like one of the most important thing because I have been like, um, uh, I was investor back in the private cell. So I think as many knows, I was like number two in their Telegram channel when it's created. So like I am big supporter of Quant since the start, actually. So like uh, I knew about Quant even before having the Telegram channel. And, um, and then another step, which was super, super important, it was really one of the first strategic partners that we had and they believed in us since the beginning and we were still really at the infancy it was back in 2018 which is for me was really important because you have already quant that is established even if lots of people don't know back in 2018 but already they were built they had a huge vision where they are going the the overledger the interoperability between chains and all these things it were already clear clear basically so they trust us and and because there are lots of synergies because we believe that like you need to have interrupt if you want to become mainstream also you need to have easy solution to provide interoperability between uh, between uh, between different chain and the way to do it so this is something that we can add it because sometimes people ask us you are doing alliance bridge uh, what is the related like is it competition to overledge it's absolutely nothing to do so we are speaking here about bridging tokens nfts and everything there it's about data it's about transactions it's about like many things that can be done with overledger and also the easy way of using and this is what financial institutions are looking for so for us there are a few use cases that like we cannot speak about them now but this is something that we will display later on but it can be used by mixing the technology that we are building and we can basically put it uh, like on top of the overledger, which can act also as uh, like a, the, the, this OS that can bridge these different chains and like listen to different data from different chains and build this complete like new what you call multi-chain decentralized application. So there are lots of lots of synergies. So for me, like as an individual person, as one of the biggest, I would say, uh, like a um, uh, supporter of quants but also as a project because like they trust us and we see that there are really amazing technologies and we have lots of our communities that are from quants and this is overwhelming because like i love the quant community also and yeah so there are lots of synergies lots of products that can be built on top of overledger there are a few things that are work now and this is something that we will release uh, uh, later on in this year that's that's awesome that um you got in on the pre-sale. I'm actually really curious, like kind of going from that, um, what what drives you personally? Um, because I would imagine, you know, uh, 
that kind of puts you in a position financially to where you could kind of pursue any sort of efforts or causes that you really care about. So I'd just be really curious kind of from like a personal perspective, what, what is like your why? Uh, my personal perspective for myself in general or to something specific? Yeah, just in general on like um, pursuing the causes that you're currently doing in the space and, and being a builder. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me, I think I have like something that we discuss a lot with Matthias, my co-founder and CTO a lot. And, uh, and I think for us, really what is important is basically having an impact on what we are doing. So really, to me, the most important thing, to be completely honest, is basically being, say, at some points, like in 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, when I look back and I say, I managed to have small impact, basically, and yeah, so I will not regret anything that I have done. For example, we speak about Alliance Block, we speak about like the fact that we want to build a participative economy based on transparency, the inclusiveness, the fairness, basically, and, and, and participative, where anyone can have access to the same chance. So you remember when we have the creation of microcredits, how much helped a lot of families. So it's just $500, $1,000 microcredits. It could change the life of sometimes like uh, one person, but then all the village in, in Africa or in, in Southeast Asia or, or in many things that were really uh, like it has a huge impact. DeFi, I'm not speaking here about like what we call staking, yielding and all the things that we see. It's really the real, real use case for these SMEs that have amazing idea, but they cannot have access to financing. They cannot have access to banks because banks will never give them loans because they are not in the, I would say, in the like in the rules that they have set up or because they don't know like uh, like important people or so on and so forth. Okay, so there is a huge barrier for these SMEs, for these young entrepreneurs in like poor countries. So imagine now creating this protocol where you have really access to this funding where like, and I always, I will never forget something that happened to us. We started with white, like with idea, building decentralized investment platform. We absolutely didn't know where to get investments. We just know there is ICO. But even back then, when there was the ICO craze, you had to have lots of things. You need to know, you need to have advisors, you need to have white papers, you need. But you know what happened to us? It was a group of individuals that trusted me just because of the reputation and the trust we had. Only this. There was no pitch deck. There was nothing. They just say, okay, we know you, Rashid. You have helped us. You have given like a lot of advices. We trust in your vision. We trust like that if you do something, you will be 100%. They give us money. And this is exactly what helped us actually to be able to start Alliance Block. When we spoke to VCs, like no one wanted to invest on us in the beginning. No one, because they say, yeah, you want to build something is, is cool, but you need to have clients. Come back to us when you have clients. Or you want basically like a, what you are doing, it's like, a, yeah, it's amazing, but we don't understand anything. So no one gave us this chance to be able to start. And it was just a group of individuals that we never met that gave us the chance to start with $200,000. And it started the adventure and we are here now. Okay? Just about trust. So this is the power, power of crypto. And this is what we want to build at a large scale, where you have SMEs, entrepreneurs, things that they can have access to funding and much more other, like I would say, things that we can have impact in terms of environmental, what we call ESG on the green paper and other stuff. But this is the most important for me personally, is to, to say that, yes, we have built a technology that actually has an impact. 
and this impact you can measure it it's not just yeah i am doing impact because uh, this or like all the things that we see in hype or marketing or something like we really we want to assess this impact yes we have the impact because this is what happened in this uh, uh, like i would say let's say in this part of the world because this one may uh, have loan of this uh, uh, like or, um, funding of this uh, of this amount may he manage to build this and look what is the impact on 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 the, the ecosystem where it is and so so I think, yeah, so it's really the most important thing for me. I w don't want to look back and say, yeah, we have built something like good, but actually there is no impact. I, we, not, we have to have an impact. I love that. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. Mia, too, since uh, we only have an hour, did you want to move to the community questions? Yeah. If from the audience has questions for Rashid, just request now. We'll let you guys on one at a time. Just keep it snappy, guys. Uh, we got modern moderns coming on. One sec, white connects. Hey, what's going on, modern? Hey, can you guys hear me? All right. Yeah, yep. Sound great. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for uh, let me pop in here for a question, mm -hmm. Rashid. Thank you. Um, so, quick question for you: When you started things off, and you tied back into this a little bit here in the end, when, in the beginning, when you focused on that second pillar of data. And then later talked about mm -hmm. these sort of data tunnels. <clears throat> so I had a question for you. And I'll yeah. give a little warm up for the question, and I'll give you the mm -hmm. heads up. Sorry for the in depth question. So mm -hmm. regarding how I kind of view this this bridge between you know traditional and more legacy systems within the financial sector mm -hmm. and this DeFi community building this bridge is something I'm very passionate about. So I've been. Uh, in on ALBT very early and thankful for that. So with mm -hmm. that being said, I will I will dive into the actual question. So being based in yeah. Duke, as of I believe it was two or three weeks ago, the um, the Swiss Federal mm -hmm. Council has now set policy that's put in place for mandatory reporting for larger companies. Um, and that's being pushed down mm -hmm. through basically the ECB and the BIS. So my question mm -hmm. for you is, within the data that you guys are focusing on, could you be a little bit more specific on that? And is there green data involved? For example, mm -hmm. um, I see a huge potential here between this green data through these reporting mechanisms that are required by all of the mm -hmm. central banks now and being able to build mm -hmm. financial markets off of that and new financial products, whether that's uh, mm -hmm. green bonds or yeah. um, you know green, green products and green liquidity because it ties into now where the banks with their 8% reserve, 7.9% of that reserve has to be in a green asset that is proven by a third mm -hmm. party, not self-reported. Mm -hmm. So bottom line question, mm -hmm. are you guys looking into green data? And in general, mm -hmm. is there a focus and attention on the bridge between specifically green and the financial system? And how do you guys view that mm -hmm. over at ALBT? <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much, first of all, for being supporter and like uh, and uh, like thank you very very much. And also like I think it's really really important question what you have uh, what you have said here. So it's funny because like there is um uh, I'll be um, Maxi. I think like um, uh, we wanted to speak actually next week about um, about everything around ERG. So green data is really important. You said eight percent they need to have it, but actually like uh, we saw that there is a huge amount of investment into everything around ESG. So environment, social, and governance basically. Even though it's not really transparent, the ESG data, if you check when you have the MSCI indices, when you have like two other data providers, so sometimes you can be like total, for example, and just because you have uh, invested into 
like a, let's say like a school in in Kenya you can increase your social then you can increase your ESG then you can get more funding so yeah so but like it, the data need to be more transparent okay and this is where we like we need also like this uh, this uh, the, the, I would say the blockchain because you need to trust the data every single thing that is happening so yes the green data is important and um, I will speak about one use cases that will I think I hope it will answer your question so we have funders Funders is peer-to-peer -peer funding, okay? So we start as Launchpad, where you can have products, where you can have projects that is ra uh, raising funds early stage or later stage. But we will have also traditional startup doing from C to Series A to Series B. Later on, we are setting up the legal foundation, basically, to be able to do this while have, having the tokenization certificate. But then we speak about funding. So imagine that you have, for example, huge solar uh, like uh, plants, okay? And then you can get some like a uh, like you can get some uh, like financing against this uh, this uh, solar basically like a plant data, okay? And this will show you also like the fact that you can get this data basically from the solar plants. It could be also you know that we are with uh, partner with Energy Web. Energy Web they have a huge uh, amount of companies and institutions that are also in the energy, and they have a focus on the renewable energy, and they are creating this what we call the zero carbon certificate, okay, which they are trying to get like most of the major layers one to be involved in, and I think this is like what you said it's very important like having the green data, having data basically that can create so like uh, this new financial product as you said green bond. We can see, for example, everything around plantation of uh, of trees, okay? Thanks to some partnership that we can be, we will be able to do. Plantation of trees, basically, it's like something that can participate into like, a, uh, like a, I would say the environment, but it can create also some data. It can create, like there are some financial products that is based on, let's say, some person in Amazonia, that how many oxygen that it can be released by the trees, and you can create this kind of green product from this. And it's starting to work, actually. So, yes, so I think we will not be able to consider a true for new financial systems without taking into account the green data. And the green data, I think this is something that need to, to must be to be taken in, uh, into account, like from what we are doing. And also being able to provide these different data. And this is why we have these different products. So the, 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 uh, the ones that can have access to this data through partnership, but also some of the data that we can have ourselves also. So yes, so the short answer to your question is yes, green data is very, very important to us and we will be able to include it in the data API that we are building on Data Tunnel, but also data can be generated through our partners and through the funders also that we will get. Wonderful. Thank you for answering. I hope this answers your yeah, question. No, thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a very in-depth question, so you could, you, know, you could continue it for hours and you could keep going. So I, I yeah. appreciate it. If I can, if I can <laughs> sneak in one other quick question here, and forgive me if this is too direct, if, if you can't answer it by all means, yeah. I completely understand. Yeah. But with, ha, have mm -hmm. you guys had conversation, are you in conversation with SIX or SEX, which is now out of SIX? Because um, from the outside mm -hmm. point of view, it seems like, it seems like it could be a potential match made in heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, well, we cannot speak about this now, right now. Okay. But indeed, like there are lots of synergies about what they are doing in six. And this is also like, we have amazing team here in Zurich, in Zook. So from Christian to Andres, like to other like people that have joined us here in, 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 uh, in Zook. And uh, they have really like amazing network also. And we are speaking with a uh, lot of, lots of people here. And I think here, the, the, the things that we like about Switzerland and like about Zook specifically is the openness of people to be able to get in contact super easily. And when you have something offering, 
they will always like give you the contacts to be able to speak with the different uh, companies and the different th that can be interested in what we are doing. So yes, so I think um, like the the most important thing like for your question is yes, there are a lot of lots of synergies that can be done with SIX and SDX, specifically when you start speaking about like tokenization, specifically when you start speaking about digital assets, and even though when we speak about the certificates that we want to build that wrap the like a DeFi. Uh, uh, strategies, allocation, reallocation, yield, dynamic, allo all these things that we speak a lot about them. So this is something that can wrap into certificate with ISIN and could be tradable, for example, in six. So yes, there is much made in heaven. I think it should take time because you remember London Stock Exchange just to have the collaboration, it took around eight months. So when you speak about financial institutions, like it take time, you need to have strong offering. You need to show how it works. You need basically to prove that it's working without speaking like all the things that is uh, the processes the like the, the high standard because you cannot just build software and provide it to six or two financial institutions you need to have like a ISE there are some some huge norms that you need to 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 be able to comply with and this is what we are trying to do when building these products this is not something that in the blockchain space lots of people build amazing technologies but it's not something that can be used straightforward with these financial institutions because they don't they don't respect the norms so this is something that we are like i would say aware of and yeah so i i speak in general so it's not like a direct answer to your question but yeah so one if there is much made in heaven two there are some products that we can do that can be able to be tradable in sex three we don't have discussion right now but this is something that we can have discussion when we have something concrete to present them. wonderful well thank you so much for answering my question um and it's been an mm -hmm. awesome listen all of today and i i did just give you a follow and i'll shoot you a quick message if there is uh yeah. any interest or introductions to be made to sdx or six in general i'd be happy to mm -hmm. do so and uh thank you i'm gonna mm -hmm. pass the mic back over and let anyone else ask a question thank you very very much i really appreciate it. thank you very thank much thank you thank you for your question Martin. thanks Martin. what's going on wiz oh i'm just loving all the knowledge is being dropped um thank y'all for hosting the spaces uh it's been an absolute enjoyable experience I, I have one question in regards to uh, funding, funders, yep. creating this mm -hmm. investment platform. To me, like what this talks to me and when I hear all this, it's like this is going to create so many new jobs and mm -hmm. create like opportunities for entrepreneurs like all around the world. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the future of work and how this investment platform impacts that? Mm -hmm. So I think you said something very important that it will create like a, like a jobs. It's it will have impact. So we do believe that it will have impact. So like we speak a lot about participative capitalism, participative economy, and like the new the next the, like the new economy have to be participative. Everyone has something to say. Everyone has it, and it needs of course to depend on the reputation. So for us, I think funders you need to sew it into two things. Two I would say two blocks. The first one, funders related to Alliance Block, which is like this peer-to-peer, -peer, completely decentralized funding mechanism. When I speak about funding, we speak about investments, we speak about lending and borrowing, and that, and then it's not only this because I spoke about entrepreneur that can uh, that can get financing. We speak about blockchain companies at every single at different uh, stages. We speak about. Um, uh, like uh, traditional businesses, traditional business. So we have amazing partnership that is coming. We haven't spoke about it a lot. And it's really amazing company that has amazing algorithm that can assess the founders and the team 
from the traditional space. So we will be able to have assessment of traditional companies that we can bring to funders where people in the crypto sphere can invest into traditional startups. Okay, which is really good because it's kind of like it's like I would say next generation of seeders or angelists and all this thing. But now, because of the nature of the protocol, how it's done. Okay, so not only it will uh, give opportunities to these entrepreneurs, like uh, like uh, individuals or like SMEs or different to to get a chance to get financing, but of course when they will get financing, it could be loan, it could be like a, into like a equity, it could be in tokens, it could be convertible loan, which means that you can get a loan, and then. Uh, if there is interest, this loan can be converted to equity. And actually, we are we are defining a new product, which we call convertible token loan, which actually crypto, because, you know, in bear markets, huge problem in financing. No one wants to invest into, into crypto like in bear markets. But imagine you have a crypto company that is actually delivering, but they don't have enough money to continue the roadmap. But actually, they have really great vision. They have great products, they, they, but they need financing. And they don't. Uh, and instead of going and doing like a, like a token, or uh, uh, instead of going and to do equity, for example, what they can do, they can do convertible token loan, which means that like people will be able to get to loan these crypto startup in the bear markets. This is why also funders is something that was designed also not only for bull but for bear markets. So they can basically provide financing to this uh, to this uh, to this crypto startup, and then. If there is interest, they can get back either the money plus interest or they can get the token with discounts. So this is something that doesn't exist in the industry and we believe that is perfect for the beer market. So this is, I'm speaking about financing and then uh, about investing and, uh, and the loans. And then you have like another uh, part, which is short-term financing. So people, for example, that have, let's say, like uh, we can have high net worth individuals that want to, to get short-term financing against their art. So he has Picasso, he wants to get, let's say, a little bit of financing, but super, super quickly. Okay, so this is something that banks cannot provide him, so he cannot he can get it on the on the DeFi True Funders protocol. But it can be someone that is, for example, let's say in Africa, he has like a uh, like a earth, and then he wants to have like some short term financing against his parcel of uh, like a of uh, like a parcel. So he, it can be basically help him and make an impact like within the region because like uh, it can provide value. The second point. Uh, what I, I said in the beginning. So this is everything around the protocol, how it's built. But actually, all the funders, of course, uh, smart governance, the construction of the DAO, the, the, how the DAO members will become members, will become delegators, and how we can create this uh, um, augmented collective intelligence where everyone has its says and every action gets rewarded with these reputation tokens that we spoke with, say, RILBT. But then all the protocol, actually, it will be done completely within uh, in SDK which means that anyone will be able to build his company based on this protocol. I can give you one example of companies. You want to bring, like, for example, arts. You want to tokenize, uh, like, a, like a tokenize arts. And then you want to sell, not the ownership, but the profits that will come after selling the arts. So you don't sell the ownership, but you sell the options to get profits from, uh, from a, a piece of arts. You can use funders uh, as DK, okay? Imagine that you want to do like uh, in the music industry, linking, for example, DJs and other like uh, uh, like booking agencies or you don't you don't want to have booking agencies. So you want to link automatically the artist that creates 
with the with the with, with the fan with the the, the 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 users that like for example the djs or want to help these artists you can use funders protocol so we believe that the protocol that we are building and the way it's built it cannot only be used by us for the scope that we are planning, but also many uh, like uh, companies can build or can companies can be built on top of this uh, of this funders protocol. So I think it's really long answers. I hope it answers a little bit to your question. But just I wanted to give also the good overview because I think I haven't a huge chance to speak about funders, and uh, this is why we need to plan like really real AMA just only about funders because there are a lot of things to say. Did that answer your question, Wes? Thank you. And Beyond answered it. Uh, very lovely. It was also nice to hear about the DJs and just empowering the individual, <laughs> not just Beyond Finance. This is going to do a lot of good things in the world. I love it. Thank you. Exactly, exactly. And my pleasure, my pleasure. And I think every one of us, every single people on the community will have an impact on funders. This is not something centralized. It will be completely uh, like run by the community, for the community, and creates opportunities not only for the community, but for people out there that can really benefit from it. So yes, 100%, I think it's like one of the most important things that we are building right now. Yeah, that, that's that's really based. Rashid, do we have more of your time or um, is it nearing the end? I think it's nearing the end because like I have like, uh, I just arrived yesterday to Zug and now like uh, I, I'm into Zurich. Now I am still in Zurich and then I will move to Zug like later uh, this day. So uh, so I think like the hour, I just check in it's five. <laughs> the time it was flying. <laughs> yeah, um, I just wanted to say real quick, thank you for taking time out of your day. Come down here. That's mm -hmm. the line block. Um, and I just want to extend that you are more than welcome, you and any of the team, in the future as we go down the roadmap. And, uh, we yeah. really appreciate your time. Yeah. So to be honest, like thank you very, very much, guys, for having me and for the quality of the questions. And I think it's really good to have this this initiative because we can go much more, like I would say, deeper into some questions that I don't have like the occasion to, to speak about or to answer, like if, if, we, if we do not traditional interviews or even sometimes in the AMA because we don't have a lot of time. So thank you very much for uh, for your time and for g giving me this opportunity. And I would love basically to have other initiative where we can go into one single like basically angle and go very, very deep because I saw that the community have amazing questions and they would love basically to be able to take time and to answer more and more to these questions. So thank you. Thank you a lot. Yeah, no problem. Uh, that definitely sounds interesting. And also we record these. Are you okay with us putting it on our YouTube? Yes, of course. Absolute no problem. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sweet. I hope uh, there wasn't something that can be against me, but I think like uh, it was really good interview. <laughs> so like uh, no, 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 no problem at all. Sweet. Chase, I saw you unmuted. You might did you have something before he goes? No, I mean just kind of plus one <laughs> everything that you had said, um, Rashid. Um, I'm really looking forward to like following your guys' journey and seeing you guys like build out in this space. Um, and I just love <laughs> the passion that you have. So that gives me a lot of confidence as as a holder um, and a believer in, in what <laughs> you guys are doing over there. So just wanted to say uh, thanks and keep it going. Thank you very much. And I think, like, to be honest, 100%, I can say it and say it 100 times. We would absolutely not be here if we didn't have strong communities that supported us since day one. And I think, like, here, like, we are so lucky to have, like, amazing community. And I think it's the best communities, like, in the space out there. They support us. They ask the right questions. They help each other. And it pushes us to be even more no mercy, to be honest. And this is why no mercy, it means everything for us. It's being able to do whatever it takes to deliver and to make, like, the community proud. Because the, like the, we have 
like one things to do like we need to make uh, the community happy and they push us so we need to push also the and be no mercy and no mercy all the time so this is why we always speak about no mercy and thank you very much for your words and we hope we will always like uh, uh, like deliver and be able to do things that we said and we will continue like this absolutely thank you so much Rashid hope you have a great evening everyone stay based thank you very much stay, stay based guys let's go see you guys <laughs>